Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. Join uh, our study on grace through our life groups and I want to encourage you to participate and be, be a part of a life group. If you aren't plugged in, I want to encourage you to get plugged in. All right. Today we're going to be dealing with a subject that I'm not sure that is really dealt with that often in church life or in the church world. And I hope we can lean into this conversation and lean into this subject and glean something that will help us all. Now, in our study this week, we're talking about coming clean with God. And Max Licato is going to lead us in our life groups uh, through this study on extending grace uh, to individuals that are coming clean, to individuals that are uh, confessing their sins to God and coming clean and extending grace. Uh, I remember when I was going through my counseling classes Uh, One of the cardinal rules in counseling is you never look shocked with whatever people tell you, okay? I mean, you can't go, really? (laughs) You know, you got, okay, and you absorb it and you move on. Well, I think a lot of times in our church world, uh, we've got to take that into practice as well and start and learn, I should say, how to extend grace when folks are coming clean. And guys, you realize that We all have skeletons in our closet. I mean, there's things in your life that you don't want anybody to know about. But I want you to know God already knows about it. And and let me say this. I'm I'm going to lean into this part of the conversation. Now, Max Licato is going to take us on an area about confession and, and, and extending grace. I've created a message on the other side to just unpack what the doctrine of confession really is. I wonder if I surveyed the congregation this morning... And I ask, what is your definition of confession? No doubt I would get a numerous response, a varying response of what confession really is. Well, today I want to try to look into the Word of God. I want to look into the Bible to get a biblical definition of confession. And I think most of us are pretty good at confessing our sins to God. But what about this thing confessing to one another? Our sins, our shortcomings, our failures, the skeletons that are in our closet. I'll be probably the first one to tell you that we don't do very good at that, do we? Which may be the reason we're really not experiencing God's peace. Which may be the reason we're really not living in true liberty and freedom that God wants us to live in which may be the reason that we're not enjoying our Christian walk because we're letting the sin of pride keep us from sharing our sins one with another. That's the perspective that I'm going to come about with this message today. And it's going to be a very sobering message. This is not going to be one of those hallelujah Swinging from the rafters, oh, I had a great time at church today type message. This is going to be a sobering thought. This is going to be a life-searching experience. This is going to be one of those times when you maybe reevaluate a part of your Christian life that maybe you haven't visited in years because maybe we have the idea, oh, I got things right with God years ago, everything's okay. And maybe things are okay between you and God. But maybe the second part of confessing one to another, we really haven't taken that seriously. Maybe it's because we haven't created an environment to where in the Gospel of John, Jesus said, they'll know that you are my disciples because of your love for one another. Maybe we haven't created an environment where we truly love one another. Maybe we haven't created an environment where we trust one another. Maybe we've 
we're on the defense all the time. I don't know. I'm throwing out, I'm throwing out ideas. This whole idea of confession, I don't know about you, but my head's cold. Are you guys cold? Man, they've got the AC going up here on this platform. And I feel, man, I feel like ice is growing or frost is up there, okay? So are you guys comfortable? You okay? Whatever, whatever you got to do in the congregation, you guys control that back there on that back wall and you can make that as comfortable as you want. But I had to fix something up here, okay? Confession. What is confession? We all have an idea of what it is. But let me begin with prayer. I want to just read a variety of scriptures that kind of will get us in tune with this subject. And then I want to lean into it. I'm going to lean into it real heavy. And I'm going to unpack it as meticulously as I can. Because I think it's an area, especially in Baptist churches, that I'm not so sure we deal with a whole lot. And if we're going to live in the fullness of Christ, and if we're going to be the New Testament church that God's Word commands us and instructs us and it teaches us to become and be, then I think this is an area that God wants us to pay attention to. Okay? So get ready. As soon as I pray, I'm going to call on somebody. I'm going to ask you to come up here and confess your sins. Okay? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not, I will never do that, put you on the spot. But that's kind of the area that I'm going. Okay? Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for our time together today. And thank you for this subject. And thank you, Lord, for the way you've directed my heart in, in putting this message together today. And, and God, you've been speaking to me about this over the last couple of weeks. And, and just help me to convey what it is you would have me to share this morning God, there's so much material in your word dealing with the subject of confession. And help me, God, just to bring it together today in a way that we all could understand. We could exercise and stretch our spiritual muscles in this area and help us to learn what the Bible teaches about confession today. And sometimes we're so concerned. We're so filled. I don't know if it's with pride or maybe embarrassment or or shame, or insecurities, or whatever it may be, that we try to stuff these, these skeletons away. And therefore, we're not walking in victory. We're not walking in the power of, of our God that you want us to walk in. We're not walking in peace, and love, and harmony, and joy, because we're so afraid that someone's going to find out something about us. Help us, God, to knock in the head today the rebellious spirit of pride. Help us to humble ourselves. And to realize that every single person in here is a sinner. Nobody in this room has it all together, myself included. Help us, God, to create an environment of transparency. Help us, Lord, to create an environment of brothers and sisters in Christ that look to the finished work of the cross for our salvation and not to our, our works. And help us, God, to crush egos that we may be carrying around even today. Convict us, God, in this area. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right? Okay, first of all, take a deep breath. It's going to be okay, all right? I feel like the room got real heavy right there, and I want you to lighten it up a little bit and, and stay with me, and let's kind of think about this process and lean into this conversation on confession, okay? Let me just share with you several passages of Scripture from God's Word that deal with the idea, the subject of confession, just to try to set the tone for this message. In Matthew chapter 23 and verse 26, and if you follow along with the Logos Bible program, you can, uh, you can just click the, the, the slideshow when it comes up and, and it'll take you there, or turn in your Bibles. Matthew chapter 23 and verse number 26. Here's an idea of confession where the Lord said, first wash the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside will become clean too. I think that's the idea where the Lord said, you got to come clean on the inside before the outside can come clean. So we've got to confess our sins. We've got to admit that the inside is dirty, right? That the inside needs to be cleansed. So many people want to try to turn over a new leaf and try to, try to correct the outside behavior. But you can never do that until you first confess your sins that are on the inside and cleansing starts from the inside out. Are we okay with that? That's a doctrine that we're pretty familiar with and, and that's not a, a new idea for most of us. But then in 1 John in verse 1, in verse 8 through 9, it says this. If we say we have no sin, we are fooling ourselves and the truth is not in us. So get this idea. If there's anyone in this room today that says that they have not sinned and they have no sin, the Bible says you're only fooling yourself and the truth is not in you. 
I ran across a lady one time that believed that she came to the place of total sanctification in this life and that she lived a sinless life the rest of her days here on this earth. I took her to 1 John 1. Her mouth fell open. She never had seen that passage before. And I said, I don't think you get to that point this side of heaven. Right? We all sin and we come short. But look what it says. But if we confess our sins, he will forgive us our sins. I want to stop right there. The condition is on what? Us confessing, okay? So we've got to come to the place, we must come to the realization that we admit and confess that we sin. And then here's a couple examples. The prodigal son in Luke chapter 15, in verse 18 through 19, the prodigal son came back, and I'm not going to pack the whole story, but he says, Father, I have sinned against God, but pay attention, and against who? You. I think maybe right here is where we start dropping the ball a little bit in the Baptist faith. We don't have any problem saying I've sinned against God. But we may sin against one another. And we must confess that not only to God but also to who? That other brother or sister, right? To one another. So the prodigal came back and he said, hey, I've sinned against God but I've also sinned against you. And so that confession is starting to come out in him. And then Jesus gives us the story of the tax collector in Luke chapter 18. In verse 13 and 14, it says, The tax collector, standing at a distance, would not even look up to heaven, but he beat on his chest because he was so sad. And he said, God, have mercy on me, a what? Say it. Sinner. I mean, he was humbling himself, broken before the Lord there, and, and crying out for mercy and grace when, in his confession that he was a sinner. And then we move into the life of David. In Psalm 32 and Psalm 51, you'll read about David. And, but in Psalm 32 and verse 3 and 4, David says, when I, get this, when I refused to confess my sin... My body wasted away and I groaned all day long. Now guys, if we carry around unconfessed sin, whether to God or to one another, if we carry around sin that we have maybe just confessed to God but haven't confessed to one another, there's a groaning that takes place in the body. I mean, there's just not that freedom that's going to be there. That, that, that peace and that power from God and, and that contentment and, and that joy is just not going to be there. David said, I've got unconfessed sin in my life right now and my body's groaning all the day long. Have we ever been there? I've been there. I've been there in my life where, I'm, I'm, what is wrong? It's just, it's just a groaning taking place. And, you, and sometimes you can't really put your finger on it and, and you can't even put, make words for it. Then all of a sudden it seems like the Holy Spirit convicts you. And, oh yeah, that's what's wrong. But then maybe we try to push it aside. Guys, we can't ever push it aside. We must, we must address it. And then we must get to the place where we confess it. And then Psalm 51 is David's prayer of confession. I mean, this whole psalm is, is just a, is David pouring his heart out to God for the sin that he had committed. Um, in Psalm 51, 1 through 4, he says, God, be merciful to me because you are loving, because you're always ready to be merciful. Wipe away all of my wrongs. So he's admitting he's confessing. And then if you look in Psalm 51, verse 10 and 11, he's crying out to God and he says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew in me a loyal spirit. So here you see the idea of confessing. But I want to take it a step further. Most of us in this room don't have a problem with the idea of confessing to God. But I want to share with you another passage of Scripture in the book of James. I want you to turn there if you will. James chapter 5 in verse number 16. It says this. And this is, this is the verse that I've been unpacking in my own personal study for the last two or three weeks. And I've been trying to dig around in here and, and, and try to see what this verse is really saying. But look what it says. In, in James 5 and 16 says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Confess your sins to who? One another. Let me ask you, when's the last time... You've pulled somebody aside 
a brother or sister in Christ and say, hey, I just want to share with you I've sinned. And you share what the sin is. I don't know that we do that a whole lot. You see, I, I think if our church is going to be successful, I think if our life group ministry is going to be successful, we must get to the point in our Christian walk and faith where we're, we're real, we're transparent. Let me share with you, and, and then you start, let me share with you the skeletons in my closet. Let me share with you my sins. I've confessed them to God, yes. I'm forgiven, yes. But let me share them with you. I want to confess them to you. Do we do that? Really? Probably most of us in this room do not practice that. Right? But what does the Bible tell us to do? Confess what? Come on, guys. Talk to me. I don't want to get too heavy. I mean, I'm going to tell you the truth, but I don't want you to die on me right here this morning. Right? Confess our sins. One to another. Really? Well, how do we do that? What does that look like? Wow. How do we get to that point? We don't have any problem. We'll tell her, confess your sins to God. He knows all about it. Tell him. And then we kind of walk off. But guys, I don't think that's the whole counsel of God. I don't think that's everything he wants us to do. I think we're leaving out a part of it. I think we're sinning in the area of omission. We're omitting the part that's uncomfortable. I don't have a problem telling God my shortcomings. But why is it when it comes to telling someone else my sins? Now, I'm not saying you've got to stand up here and shout them out to everybody. But I think there needs to be an environment. There needs to be a community of believers. There needs to be two or three or four or five people that can get together and say, Hey, guys, I'm struggling with this. Will you pray for me in this area? Matter of fact, I don't know who has, who's been studying ahead in the Max Licato. I know, Daryl, I think you said you read the book prior to what he struggled with. And you're going to find out this week with drinking, with alcohol. And you're going to find out, even while he's a pastor, man, he's, he's taking a nip sitting in the parking lot in his car. I was surprised. That's, I mean, I've been following Max Licato my whole ministry. And when I saw that, wow! And I'm not supposed to do that. <laughs> Right? But his whole idea is showing grace. He went to his elders in his church. He confessed. He confessed to God. And then he confessed to his elders. Man, they extended grace. And he talked about the power of God and the freedom that was unleashed in his ministry, in his church. Could it be that we are so full of pride? Could it be we're so, our egos are so big and we're stroked by so many? And we're thought of, well, we've worked our whole life to build this great reputation. Listen, life is not about you building a great reputation. It's about you being real with God and real with one another. And guys, every single one of us have failures. Maybe we need to share those one with another. And I think there's a lot of reasons why we need to do that. And matter of fact, I have, I have, I have gathered together far more material that I'm going to be able to share with you. Matter of fact, this could turn... It, I almost want to lean into like a, a three or four week series on confession because I think we are so ignorant of it. And I, and I say that in a kind way. Extend grace with that word, okay? I'm not calling you ignorant. I'm just saying that I think we are misguided, maybe? Unlearned in this area? Not willing to address it? James 5, 16, we always come to, oh, let's pray. Let's call the elders of the church, pray over them, heal them. And we always talk about the area of, of praying over someone that's sick. That's how we deal with James 5, 16. That's for those that are sick. Are you sick? Why are you sick? Maybe there's some sin. Confess it. We'll pray. You get healed. But I think it's further than that. It's more than just having cancer and calling on somebody to pray for you. Right? Are you, are you guys tracking with me today? Wow, what a, what a subject. Confession confessing one to another. So what is confession? Let's deal with this real quickly. What is confession? You need to write a few, th- few of these things down, get a hold of these things, or, or get the podcast, or get the CD, or whatever, but I want you to, I want you to start studying in this area, okay? Now, I realize, I realize we're going to confess to God. None of us have a problem with that. We all probably do that on a daily basis, okay? 
But the area that I'm going to talk about is it's confessing one to another. That's, that's the paradigm, that's the perspective that I'm coming at this message, okay? So from here on out, we're going to be talking from that perspective, okay? So what is confession? Confession, first of all, number one is agreeing with God about our sin. I mean, that's just baseline doctrine of confession. It's, it's just agreeing with God about our sin. And that's what Luke 15, in verse 18 through 19 When he says, Father, I have sinned against God, the prodigal comes back. Father, I've sinned against who? I have sinned against God. So it's agreeing with God about our sin. We're saying, God, yes, I agree that what I've just done is sinful. You call it sin. I recognize it's sin. I'm confessing it as sin. I'm in agreement, okay? Most of us don't have a problem with that one. Another definition, or the secondly, whenever we talk about what is confession, not only agreeing with God about sin, but secondly, get this one. It's trusting, get this, it's trusting that God's grace covers our wrongs, okay? Now, it's getting to the point where we say, you know what? When I confess this to God, I'm trusting that His grace will cover my sins, okay? We're trusting, whenever we confess to God, we're trusting that God's grace is going to cover our sins. Isaiah 61 and 10, the Bible says, I greatly rejoice in the Lord, for He hath Get this, he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has wrapped me in a robe of righteousness. That's what God does. That's, that's his grace. He's trusting that God's grace will cover our sin. Now, let me share with you what grace is not or what confession is not. Confession is not pointing fingers. Confession is not placing blame on someone else. Well, it's, it's their fault, or, or I wouldn't have done this if it wasn't for so-and-so, or, or this set of circumstances created me to do this. That's transferring the blame. That's not confession. Confession is taking account of it yourself. Say, I'm the one responsible. I did this wrong, okay? No one made me. No one twisted my arm. I'm not blaming it on my circumstances today, all right? Everybody thinks, boy, if we can just create a perfect environment that people would, would live sin-free. No, you wouldn't. Remember, there was a couple, a family, that lived in a perfect environment. Who was that? Adam and Eve, right? In the Garden of Eden. A perfect environment. You're not going to get any more perfect of an environment than that. But yet they sinned. But initially, Adam didn't confess. You remember when God came to him in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 12 and asked him, it says, and then it says, the man replied, the woman you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit. It's always the woman's fault, right? Yep. <laughs> no, that's not true confession. And of course, of course, Eve didn't. She did the same thing because she blamed it on who? She didn't, she didn't take responsibility for herself. It said, who? That, that serpent. That serpent. He's the one. Okay, so this is the blame game. It's passing. That is not confession. Confession is not saying, yeah, I sinned, but it wasn't my fault. You know, that's not true confession. Or confession is not, yeah, I sinned, but, but you just wouldn't believe God the environment I'm living in or the circumstances that I'm under. Yeah, that, that's totally irrelevant, okay? So I want you to see what it isn't. Let me share with you a few misconceptions about confession. And I think this is what's going to going to rack your world a little bit or rock your world a little bit and rack your brain a little bit. Some misconceptions about confession. Number one is this. Here's a misconception. A misconception is that confession to others is necessary in order to gain or keep God's acceptance. Okay? Now stay with me on this one. Confession. Here, a misconception about confession is that I must go confess it to others in order to gain or keep God's acceptance. Okay, now the main source of this misconception is the Roman Catholic Church. Okay, now I'm not here today to beat up the Roman Catholic Church, but whenever we think about this, this idea, this misconception, it, it lies with, with that religion because they are the individuals that believe in, and I pulled this straight off of their website, according to the Roman Catholic doctrine. I went to their website, I pulled their doctrine off to see what they believed about, about confession. It says that the priest has divine authority to dispense God's forgiveness through the sacrament of confession and penance. Okay? Now, that's a misconception about confession. All right? Here's the good news. The good news is that God does not dole out forgiveness on a week-by-week basis through a priest that is prescribing penance to you. Glad you're here today. Right? Hope you're enjoying. But 
God grants complete forgiveness, grace, and mercy the moment you come to Him, you confess your sins to Him, you trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, then you're forgiven and forgiveness and confession is complete according to Romans chapter 5 and verse 1 where the Bible says, Therefore, since we have declared, been, been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So a misconception is that we have to go to someone to confess our sins, to receive forgiveness from that individual. That is a misconception about confession. I don't think we find that in the Bible. Matter of fact, in in the book of 1 Timothy, it said there's only one mediator between God and man. It's the man, Christ Jesus. Are you tracking with me today? Okay. Another misconception. Number two. Get this one. Since God alone ultimately forgives sin, there is no need to confess to others. This is where we fall in. Here is our misconception. You know what this is? This is the Protestants' overreaction to the Roman Catholic error. Both are wrong. Are you with me? So let me say this. My first point, that we have to go to someone to confess, to receive forgiveness from them. The Roman Catholics teach that. It's in their doctrinal statements. You can see it everywhere they are. That's what they teach. You go there. That is wrong. We, on the other hand, Protestants, I believe, err on this side of the spectrum. We confess to God. We don't need to confess to any man. That also, my friend, is wrong. But we glory in this over here because we are not like them over here. Are you with me? We have so much pride over here, don't we? I mean, here we are. We confess to God. I mean, how much more spiritual can you get? We don't confess to man. And we almost stroke ourselves. And we have this, this tremendous spiritual ego. And we're filled with this pride. We don't confess to man. We go straight to God. Hallelujah. Right? But I want you to know that's just as sinful because it's wrong to only confess to God. May I dare say that most of us have lived our entire Christian life right here in error? Are you with me? Most of us live right here And we point fingers at that crowd over there where I want you to know that this is just as sinful because it's the sin of omission. We're omitting part of what the Word of God teaches us what we're to do in the area of confession. Confess to God, yes. Now, forgiveness does come from God. He's the one that gives that, right? And I'm not undermining this. Yes, we do go to God. But we also are commanded to confess one to another. Right? So there's two misconceptions. Let me share with you a third misconception. A third misconception is this, that only professional Christians should handle confessions. Okay? It's a misconception. You know, most people, whenever they think about the professional Christians, they think about the pastor or the priest. And they think about, well, we've got to get to either the pastor or the priest. And that's a misconception. We've got to get to the professionals. And then, of course, if, if they're not in, connected to a church and, and they don't really have a priest to go to or a pastor to go to, they think, boy, I've got to go to a professional counselor and tell somebody about this. All right? Matter of fact, may I share with you, may I, may I knock us on the head a little bit with another, I believe, unbiblical idea that we've allowed to come into the Protestant church or to the, to the Baptist churches and even into our church sometimes. We have this idea of of clergy and laity, right? Right? You you, you talk about the clergy and you talk about the laity. Like they're really two two different groups of people on two different planes. That's not true. And I don't know why we've allowed that concept to come into our churches. Because you know what we all are? We're all brothers and sisters in Christ. The, the, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. 
So if you're a pastor here today, and I'm speaking to Paul and the other pastors that are here and those studying to be a pastor, that doesn't make you any higher plane. It doesn't put another stripe on your arm or another star in your cap or a lining on your, head, your, your cap. Well, I'm just learning this, some of this stuff. In the Air Force, they have those little beanies. I don't know what they're called, those little caps. And they have a bead across the top. That signifies an officer. Is that correct? Huh? Somebody say something? Flight, flight caps. Yeah, I, I've seen those. Listen. Because you're a pastor, it doesn't put you up on some spiritual level. No. We're all. And I, I hope and pray that I don't come across as, as this, this pine the sky holier than thou type. Of, man, I want to be as transparent with you as I can be. I want you to know I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And yes, God's called me to proclaim his word. And I study and I, and I try my best to prepare and I preach to you. But listen, we're just brothers and sisters and, and we all have issues. We're all going through the same type of things together. All right? I haven't arrived to some spiritual level to where I no longer sin. No, I still sin. Right? You, so so the, I think it's unbiblical to have this idea, oh, we've got to get to the professional counselor, the pastor, the priest. No, I'm not saying. Listen, I'll help you any way I can help you, all right? If you need something, I'm here to help you, man. I, just call me, send me an email, whatever. I'll, I'll counsel with you. I'll share scripture with you. I'll, I'll help you any way I can. But I want you to know James 5 and 16, look what it says. Therefore, confess your sins to who? one another go to each other tell somebody what's going on in your life right so those are some misconceptions that i think we have around that by the way and here's a few things i jotted my notes sean i don't even know if i have slides for these i may you can look and see but a few things i jotted in my notes i just want you to think about think about this in this idea of confession this is one of the most practical ways to gauge whether your involvement in Christian community is at a true biblical level. Do I have that? Hey, I do have that. Think about this. Confession is one of the most practical ways. Now let that sink in, church. Let this sink in. Confession is one of the most practical ways to gauge whether your involvement in Christian community is on a biblical level. And a good way to think about that is, are there some things in my life that I'm hoping nobody finds out about? If so, confess them. Quit trying to cover it up. Are there some things in my life that, that man, I just don't want anybody to know. They'll think less of me. Man, you need to get rid of that stuff. Satan's using that as a stronghold in your life to bind you. And you're not going to have God's joy. You're not going to have his peace. You're not going to have his power. Is there something you're trying to keep covered up so that no, you don't want to ever, maybe a few people know, but that's enough. Nobody else, nobody else can know. Man, I'd hate to live the rest of my life with that. And you're living under bondage. And, and I don't really believe that you're really experiencing true Christian community on a biblical level. Because at a biblical level, man, we're confessing, we're saying, hey, man, this is in my life and I want you to know about it. And help hold me accountable here or help me pray for this or I just want to release it as if somebody's got to know. And, and we just start telling each other about these things. Something to think about. Here's something else to think about. Are you involved enough with other Christians that you're sharing your sins and defeats with them and asking them for help? Those are some deep, penetrating questions. This is more than just coming to church. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Hey, love you. God bless. Bye. See you. And we do our little thing and we go home. And for most people, that's the extent of their Christian fellowship. I think we're missing so much. And it's all in the area of confessing. I'm going to try to smile when I say this. Sometimes it's, are you with me today? I just want us to think about some of these things. So let me share with you a few benefits. What are some benefits? Preacher, give me some reasons why I even should consider this. Well, number one, the Bible says that, that's enough. But let me share with you a few benefits. I think I've already alluded to some of those. Here's some benefits of confessing to others. 
Now, most of us confess to God, and, 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 and we look at that, and, and we think that's for His benefit, like God needs us to confess to Him. Let me, let me newsflash. God doesn't need anything, period. Your confession to Him is not so that He can benefit in some way, right? He's God. He was in existence long before the world was even in existence, Okay? So God doesn't need us to confess simply for his benefit. I think the benefits of confession are really for us. Okay? Let me share with you a few benefits. Number one is this. Confession may enable you to experience God's forgiveness. Now, I know whenever we confess to God, we're immediately forgiven. I understand that. But if we leave out the part of confessing to each other, then maybe we're not, maybe we're not experiencing that, that true cleansing of the conscience or the soul that the writer of Hebrews says that we're to to have okay in Proverbs 28 13 get this the one who conceals his sins will not prosper but whoever confesses and renounces them will find mercy I, I think now I'm talking about confessing one to another remember that's the paradigm we're coming about this thing I realize we get forgiveness from God but to enjoy that forgiveness maybe we need to confess that sin to each other Right? To really start living in true forgiveness. Because it's the idea if we embrace it and hide it and hold it, Satan has a, still has that stronghold in our life. And, and we really can't be set free until we pronounce, hey, this is what I've done. This is where I've been. This was my life in the past. I've confessed it to God. I want to confess it to you now. All right? And I'm not saying you got to stand on a platform. Most of you are probably getting the idea you got to come up here and tell everybody. That's not what I'm saying. Maybe, though, God may be leading you to do that. Some of the greatest, listen, some of the greatest men and women that God has used for his kingdom work have been men and women who have stood not only before one or two, but, but in front of entire congregation and exposed their whole sinful life and say, hey, this is what God has delivered me from. This is what I was in. I've asked forgiveness from him. I want to extend and ask forgiveness and grace and mercy from you as well. But this is what I've done and move forward. And those individuals that do that it's called walking in the light and not in darkness i'm gonna hit that in just a moment but those individuals that do that man can have the most profound impact on the kingdom of god in helping individuals work through situations in their life and i believe that's what i talk about that that clean conscience that 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 cleansing of the soul all right i don't know if this is going over real good today but it's what god laid on my heart to share with you and that's what i'm going to load your wagon while you're here okay David experienced this. You remember this? David experienced the cleansing power of God's forgiveness when he confessed both to God and to who? Nathan. Remember when Nathan came to him? And then David confessed to Nathan. I believe this whole idea of confessing, probably in a, in a, in a room this size, a lot of us have skeletons in the closet that we haven't told anyone about. Maybe it's time we do. In a community of believers that love one another, care for one another, brothers and sisters in Christ, we've asked God to forgive us. Maybe we need to get to the point where we ask one another. Here's another benefit, and this is what I alluded to just a while ago. Confession can unleash God's empowering for moral change. May I just say this also? Sin lives in darkness. Everybody say that with me. Sin lives in darkness darkness get that sin lives in say it again sin so whenever we keep sin hidden stuffed away for whatever reason we're not telling anyone about it but god it's almost like we're still harboring that thing it's still festering there satan may still have a stronghold in our life in that particular area but when we bring it into the light the power of sin is completely broken are you with me this is the area that i'm talking about this is what listen satan don't want you to get this message today i guarantee you so i guarantee you some of you in this room have already checked out and you've let satan rob you satan don't want me to preach this message and Satan doesn't want you to get it. 
Because he wants to keep that stronghold in your life. He wants to keep our church bound. He wants to keep you bound. He wants to keep our life groups bound. He wants to rob you of your joy, rob you of your peace, rob you of your happiness. No, you must not block this thing out. Do not confess it to anyone. You know what I'd love to see happen? I'd love, as a result of this message, I'd love to see a revival break out among this group of people right here. And it's almost like popcorn. Everybody just stand up and start, let me confess my sin right now. Let me confess my sin right now. Let me confess my sin right now. Let me share, share with you right now what I'm struggling with. I tell you, if we would start doing that, I believe then we'd get to the biblical level of a true New Testament church of brothers and sisters that are coming together in the name of Christ and say, hey, I've got some moral failures in my life. I've got some sins in my life. Yes, I've asked God to forgive me, but I need you to forgive me. I'm going to share with you. Here's what I've been involved in. This is what's happened in my life in the past. I've got to bring it out today. I've got to break the stronghold in my life. I'm walking in the light, no longer in the darkness why because sin lives where in the darkness Mm. that's good stuff we don't live there do we we're we're way over here (laughs) i confess to god he knows everything about me right here that's where i live it's just as wrong as climbing in a booth I'm talking through a screen and just telling it to this one guy and expecting to get my forgiveness from him. Both are wrong. Hello? Both are wrong. Oh. First John 1 7, get this verse. First John 1 7. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. But it's the idea of walking in the light. What is walking in the light? That's walking with with a clear conscience. Man, everything is revealed. Everything is exposed. When you turn the lights on, I mean, all you can see everything. How long has it been since we've turned the light on in our soul? in our own life and started sharing some things. And the Bible says if we do that, if we walk in the light, we have fellowship. One True biblical koinonia, that coming together and sharing life together. Here's my struggles. Man, now I know I've got, a, I've, got a, I've got a community of believers that are praying for me to get the victory in this area in my life that seems like Satan continues to have the stronghold in my life. How are we going to break that? The only way we break it, guys, is confessing it one to another. Number three, third benefit. I've got to start winding this thing down. Confession can be a crucial step in restoring an alienated relationship. You got some relationships that need restoring. Maybe it's a husband and wife and they've been unfaithful one to another. Maybe there's that betrayal, that bitterness, that neglect. I believe Luke chapter 15, the parable of the prodigal son, is a beautiful story of God's willingness to forgive repentant sinners. But I think it's also a picture of the power of confession to restore broken human relationships and bring them back together. And guys, that only happens and takes place whenever there's true, genuine confession. Well, what's the next question? When? When then do we confess? When do we do all this stuff? Well, let me try to address that real quickly, and I won't take much time here. Let me just say, first of all, when he tells you to. Okay? I, I can't tell you when to do it. I mean, I don't even know what's in there. So pay attention to the Holy Spirit. When God tells you it's time to confess, confess. When God said it's time for you to tell your story to somebody, tell it. When God says it's time for you to confess that sin to a brother in Christ or a sister in Christ or in your life group or whatever, you need to break, break free and, and tell that thing. But let me give you a few questions that you can ask yourself. These are some, some tangible, some things you can get a hold, on, a hold of that can help you a little bit. As you ask God for wisdom, consider these following questions on when you should confess. Let me ask this question. Are you able to get peace by confessing this to God? Okay, see, there's some things that you can't get perfect peace about. And it may be because we've only confessed it to God. And God may be leading us to confess it one to another. That's the idea that I'm going with behind this question. Do you have perfect peace with it? Man, if you've got perfect peace with it and everything's okay, then move on. But if not, maybe it's time to consider confessing this 
to another brother or sister in Christ. Another question you can ask yourself, do you lack insight or ability to gain increasing freedom from this sin? Is this a sin that keeps taking place over and over and over again in your life? And as we travel and go to these men's conferences, I'm amazed at, at, the, at the men in churches, even pastors and deacons and leaders in churches, and you'll hear this at every men's conference you go to, that are addicted to pornography of some sort. It's time, it's time you tell somebody about that, right? If it's a practice that keeps going over and over and over again in your life, somebody needs to know about that. You need someone to help you with that, to get the freedom from that. Number three, here's another question. Is it causing alienation in your relationships? If it is, it's time to confess one to another. Man, just come clean. Here's what it is. All right? Number four, and here's, look at this one. Do you tend to over-confess or under-confess? Some people over-confess. I just simply mean that's where they're turning their confession into good works. Man, if I just tell everything, then God will be pleased. Well, but most of us under-confess, Right? What is that under-confessing? That's usually where we are more concerned with saving our pride and not risking rejection or avoiding the consequences than we are confessing. So are we over-confessing or under-confessing? And I would say most of us under-confess. But wouldn't it be nice to, to live in a community of believers where you could confess to God and confess one to another? Wouldn't that be nice? Listen, you'll never... Mm. Hold on a minute. I need this verse of scripture, but I'm coming down there. You will never, you will never get to this level of your Christian life by just going through the motions at church. Just show up, go through the motions, do my thing, sit here, listen to Tyler sing a few songs. And I watch some of you as he's pouring his heart out this morning, trying to sing. Some of you just like, yeah. Hello? Shame on you. We're here to worship. We're singing about our king and you... Just going through the motions. Are you with me, church? Just going through the motions. I'll show up and just do my thing. Okay, I'll go pay my penance today and I'll go to church this morning, do my thing, listen to preacher preach, get out. Hopefully he's done in time today. We got this and that and the other going on today. and Just going through the motions. Guys, you, you'll never, you will never, ever ever get to the place where you experience true koinonia. You'll never get to the place where you experience true joy and happiness and peace and the power, the power in your life and, and the bondage that's, that's broken and, and breaking the chains of darkness in your life until you get to the point where you quit living over here. Just all I got to do is tell God about it. I don't have to tell anybody. Listen, Satan wants you to live there. I mean... It, I mean, he, he really rather you not even get God's, God's forgiveness, okay? But if you're going to go, just go there and stay, okay? Don't impact anyone else. But man, if we could come over here and find balance in this thing and confess to God and create a community, and I believe this is going to happen, I believe the only place it can happen is in our life groups. Build a community in our life groups. Listen, con true confession is not going to take place here on Sunday morning. It's just not. You may confess to God, but this confessing one to another, you're not going to stand up and tell. Maybe, unless God leads you to do that. If so, praise the Lord. Let's go with it. But most of the time, it's going to happen in a community of believers. But I wonder, let me ask you this. What skeletons are in your closet? What skeletons in your family's closet? Maybe it's in your children or your, your extended family or your parents or what skeletons are there? Have you shared that with anybody? Have you told that to anybody? Have you confessed that to anyone? That's real biblical community. But I want to share a passage of scripture with you in Ephesians 4, verse 25. Since it says this, since you put away lying, get this, speak the truth, each one to his neighbor, because we are members of of one another. Speak the truth. You know what Paul's telling us? He's saying, quit being fake. Take the mask off. Quit trying to cover it up. Quit living a hypocritical life. Quit being fake. <clears throat> Share what's going on. Confess it to God. 
and confess it to each other. What kind of a difference do you think that would make in our life groups? What kind of difference do you think that would make in our church? We had a true community of believers that are taking the, taking the mask off, quit trying to be Mr. I got it right, follow me kind of guy or gal. Look at me and my family. We've got it all together. Model me. What if we just said, you know what? I'm a sinner saved by grace. I'm just trying my best to get through this thing. I love Jesus. I love God. I love his word. I stumble. I fall. I've sinned even in this area. Dan, will you help me pray? Just illustration. Will you help me pray in this area? Will you pray for me? Will you help me? Will you help hold me accountable here? I think that's where we got to get. All right? And true community believers. That's where I'd love to see our church get to that point. We could be so real. I ran across a lady yesterday, and I won't share her name, but I spoke with her. And she spoke kind of ill of Christians and churches. And her thing was, they're all fake. They're just fake. I'm tired of people being fake. And her whole idea is, if you're not real with me, I'm not going to be real with you. Matter of fact, I'm not going to speak to you. If you're, gonna, if you're not going to be real with me, I'm not giving you my time. And that's kind of how she lives her life. I was able to break down that wall and try to be real with her. Man, then she started telling me some stuff in her life, and I'm thinking, we're, we're connecting here. And I believe, and I, I told her I was a pastor, but I believe I could get this lady to come to church if she lives close by. She lives way over on the other side of St. Louis, so she won't be coming here. But I tell you, this world's sick of Christians that are fake. Hello? <laughs> be honest with you, I'm sick of it. Let's be real, guys. Are you with me? This whole thing of confession. Now, Master Cato in our life group study is going to talk about extending grace there. All right? I've just tried to unpack the confessing side of it. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials, or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call, or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.